0: When we remember his finished work on the cross, the powers that were released in the past are miraculously brought forth into the present moment in our current reality with the ability to shape and change our lives. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday Sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Father, thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for every person that's here. God, you're so good. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we just ask, God, that as we uh, dive into what we're going to talk about today, Father, we thank you that as we talk about this, we have a sure promise that you're going to be here with us. So, Father, we thank you for just face-to-face encounters today. Father, thank you for coming with your presence and just sitting down with us here and just meeting us in this place. God, we just open up our hearts wide. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing, and we most of all just... Thank you for speaking to our hearts today in Jesus, and we pray, Amen, Amen. Well, listen, if you're taking notes today, uh, this is our seventh and keyword final uh, part of our covenant series. I almost want to run around the room and high five everybody and tell them we made it, right? (laughs) So, anyways, listen, if you were here with us at the beginning of the series, then you might remember us talking about uh, that how there's there's Two significant words, we could even say themes that run like a thread throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that not only ties everything, every piece, every single thing that we read about in the Bible, but it also uh, breathes life into what we find in the Bible. And those two words are simply this they are kingdom and they are covenant. Now, listen, from a biblical point of view, we know that God is a king. Can I hear an amen? Listen. He is a king, and he rules a kingdom. And as the ruler of his kingdom, he has chosen to deal and to communicate with his people in the past, in the present, and in the future through the guidelines or through the premises of covenant. In fact, to be to be very clear, God does nothing in our lives through our lives with us outside the confines of covenant. Amen. Amen. So listen, as we have, uh, you know. Sat back for six weeks and unpacked this subject. Uh, you know, the one of the things that we've discovered is that every covenant, if it's between two men or if it's between God and man, every single covenant typically consists of seven key things, seven key components that ultimately point us uh, forward to the new covenant in Christ Jesus. If you're awake, say I'm awake. So listen, these seven components are the following. If you can, let, just uh, join me in this. Number one is what? A covenant representative. Oh, that was bad. I want you to say it with me. Maybe I should have been clear. Here we go. Number one, I know I'm throwing you off this morning. Number one, a covenant representative. Number two, a covenant oath. Three, a covenant promise, a covenant sacrifice, covenant seal, covenant meal, and lastly, a covenant memorial. All right, good deal. <laughs> Throwing curveballs today. Listen, it's from this pattern of these seven things that some theologians have come to define this incredible word, covenant, as this. And this is important that it gets beyond our head and it gets in our spirit. It's an agreement between God and his people in which he has made binding promises to us. Somebody say to us. To us. Based off of his unconditional love for us. Amen. Now now listen, we know in the New Testament that uh, this covenant has been sealed for us by the blood of Jesus and by a sacred oath that will not be broken. Amen? Amen. All right. I know all that. You're like, we've heard that for weeks. Here we go. So obviously we've already talked about, uh, can you go back? We've already talked about the representative. We already talked about the oath, the promise, the sacrifice, the seal, the meal, and the memorial. And today we are going to dive into the covenant meal. All right, listen, as we begin this morning, uh, I want to draw our attention to something. H- have you ever noticed how often we mark the significant events in our lives with a meal? Isn't that true? I want you to think about this for a moment. How do we tend to celebrate a wedding, an anniversary, or, or even someone's birthday? We, we typically eat a meal together, right? You know how? You know what do we do when we when uh, you know our extended families come together and we have the thing like a family reunion? We typically eat a meal together, right? One of the things that tends to bring our families and friends together around the holiday season, if it's Thanksgiving, if it's Christmas, or the Fourth of July, it's the fact that we tend to eat a meal together. Can I get an amen? Amen. Anybody getting hungry? Listen, uh, on that note, think about how many uh, you know, business deals have been closed uh, you know, around a meal more than in an office. Think about uh, you know, how often when we go on a date with our spouse or someone we love, how often that's typically centered around a meal. Or, or how about when we invite people into our homes, because that sh- should be something we're in the habit of doing, right, as, as believers. But when we invite people into our homes, it typically, uh, you know, for that time of fellowship, centers around a meal, correct? So so listen, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about this, but as I was studying, my mind went back to when Jennifer and I uh, went down to Mexico last year and, and walked alongside some missionaries we support from Mountain Gateway uh, as they ministered to the Nagwad Indians. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me while we were there is literally that Every single house we went to, okay, and, and I don't mean this wasn't houses like we know, this is like center blocks and sticks. Every house we went to, every meeting we went to, every church service we went to, every single one of them, we, we had a meal. If there wasn't a full meal that was served, there was always some kind of food or some kind of drink that was given to us. So uh, let, let's kind of take all of that and let's take it a step further. Have you ever wondered why uh, some of the key moments in Jesus' life and His ministry uh, so often centered around eating and drinking? Are y'all with me today? So think about it for a moment. His first miracle where He turned water into wine... We got some of you guys' attention right there. Uh, when you turn water into wine, it took place at a wedding feast, a wedding meal, right, in Cana. We know the two miracles of multiplication, they took place because Jesus decided to feed uh, some fish and bread or a meal to the multitudes. Yeah. Now, what was one of the main reasons the Pharisees hated Jesus? Because the guy was willing to have a meal with tax collectors and sinners, right? Right. When Jesus ministered to Zacchaeus, uh, he did it over dinner or a meal at Zacchaeus' house. Uh, in Luke 15, Jesus told us a story about the prodigal son or this lost son who returned home. And, and how did his father respond? We know he threw a party. And what did they do? They ate a meal together in celebration. Jesus also taught us what's to come prophetically, that he said that there will be a day where you and I as believers, when we go to heaven, that we will feast at the marriage supper of the lamb, right? We will have a meal with our king, amen? Listen, he said uh, basically this, or let me say it this way: that when Jesus, uh, you know, had his had his feet washed by the woman with the alabaster box, where was he? He was at Simon's house eating a meal. We know that before Jesus died, he chose to celebrate the Passover meal with his disciples. Are y'all getting the point here? Listen, that when Jesus revealed uh, himself to the two men on the road to Emmaus, how did he do it? He did it by breaking bread and giving thanks at a meal. Right. Last one: after Jesus rose from the dead, how did he? He choose to reveal himself one more time to his disciples. He he cooked breakfast for them. He cooked a meal for them on the beach in Galilee. Are you hearing me? Fast forward again in the biblical narrative. I'm just trying to give you a foundation. We find that those who followed Jesus in the early church they did this. Look at Acts two with me. It says Acts two verse forty two. It says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. The 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 address there is wrong. Forgive me on that. It should say forty five. It says all the believers devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. It says they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So I simply bring all of that, not to put you to sleep, but I bring all of that basically to your attention to ask you this question. Have we ever stopped long enough to ask ourselves why? Like, like, why are meals so important to us? Why was a simple meal so important to, uh, you know, Jesus? Why, you, you know, was it important to the early church? And if I can maybe put it this way, is, is why are, are, you know, meals just so powerful? Are y'all with me? You know, I just want to suggest to you today, and I could be wrong, but just maybe the answer to every one of those questions is because all of these meals find their origin in the covenant meal. Amen? So, so listen, you, you see, when we, when we dive into the tradition, as we've been for weeks, and the history of covenants, we quickly discover that a meal was at the heart of every covenant making process. Y'all like to eat? Me too. Amen. So, so listen, it's true that when two covenant representatives chose to, watch this, when they chose to sit down and eat together, they would do so by eating from the same bread and by drinking from the same cup. Listen, by doing that, they declared not only to uh, one another, but also to everyone in their world that they were what? That they were now one. Are y'all with me today? Listen, this this meal also served as another way to declare that the covenant they were coming into was now valid and it was functional in their lives. Listen, as believers, this is huge, so don't go to sleep on me, all right? Listen, throughout the Bible, uh, we find examples of covenant meals. Let me give you three really quick. Genesis 26. This is basically, uh, it involved Isaac and Abimelech. Listen to what Abimelech told Isaac. We know Isaac is the the son of Abraham. It says, we can plainly see that the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. And he said, let's make a covenant. Somebody say covenant. covenant. It says, swear that you will not harm us just as we have never troubled you. We have always treated you well, and we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you. There's a lot of humor in that if you read the whole story. Verse 30, it says, So Isaac prepared what? A covenant feast or a covenant meal to celebrate the treaty. And it says, They ate and they drank together. Early the next morning, they each took a solemn oath. We know that's a covenant oath, not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left him in peace. Somebody say, left him in peace. That's key to all this. Watch this. We find another example of covenant meal in Genesis 31. This is between Jacob and his father-in-law Laban. Listen to what Laban told Jacob. He said, come now, let us make a covenant, you and I. Remember, this is Abraham's grandson says, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. That is a that is a covenant memorial, guys. It says, and Jacob said to his kinsmen, gather stones, and they took stones and made a heap and they ate. What did they eat? They ate a covenant meal there by the heap. So watch this from those last two examples. I want you to notice that, that both of those covenant meals was the very thing that marked the covenant was now functional in both of their lives, right? That it validated, ratified it, right? And and I also want you to notice that uh, that, that covenant meal meant that they would no longer be at odds with one another. That from that day forward, they would be at peace. Somebody say at peace. At, at peace. peace. And Basically, there would be peace in between them. Now, but probably watch this third one. Probably the most significant covenant meal that was ever eaten in the Old Testament, maybe outside of the Passover meal, uh, was founded basically in Exodus 24. Now, the reason this covenant meal is so significant is because this is the meal that ratified or validated or confirmed or gave approval or made functional the old covenant under the law of Moses. If you're with me, say, yeah, yeah. Look at Exodus 24. This is kind of lengthy, but I want you to see the, basically the covenant stuff that we've been talking about for weeks all in this. It says, Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and the rules. In other words, here's the requirements, in essence, of the, of the covenant. It says, and all the people and answered with one voice and said, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. It'd be nice if we got back to that. <laughs> Verse 4, it says, And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars. That twelve pillars, that's memorial. According to the twelve tribes of Israel, and he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. Think back of weeks past there. Verse 6 says, And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and he threw it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. It says in verse 9, then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and uh, and. Ubahu, I, I got it right there, Ubahu, I, 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 was, I was wanting to say Abu, but that's Aladdin. <coughs> and get there in a minute. And 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. Watch this. And they saw the God of Israel. Watch this, verse 11. They beheld God, and they ate and drank. What did they eat and drink? They ate a covenant meal. But I I want you to see something between the lines here, something significant. If you don't agree with this, it's okay. Uh, You can go talk to Pastor Kurt today. We'll give give Angelo a break. All right, here we go. What I want you to see is what, what God is saying is that the scripture is telling us that they saw God and they beheld God and they ate and drank. In other words, they're saying that God and man sat down together and ate a meal. incredible right this intimate connection and by doing so what happened they ratified or they validated what we now know as the old covenant with one another there was a way to make peace are you hearing me today all right so now i want you to think about something let's turn and that's all great foundation what does this have to do with us Watch this. If the old covenant was ratified or validated by a covenant meal, then wouldn't it make sense for the new covenant to be ratified or validated by a covenant meal as well? Absolutely. Right. So watch this. Because if you remember, as we've been talking the past couple weeks, the main purpose of the Old covenant as a shadow and as a type was to do what? Was to point all of humanity to the coming of Jesus, the one who is the mediator and the guarantor of what? The new covenant, amen? So, so quick question, how and when did this covenant meal of the new covenant take place? When did it happen? Look at the gospel of Luke with me here. Look at Luke 22. This is significant your heart's not there check in right now and this is going to get good says it says when the hour for the meal had come Jesus once again our covenant representative and substitute says he reclined at the table and the apostles with him and he said to them I have earnestly wanted I have earnestly desired as some translations say to eat this Passover with you before I suffer grab a hold of the picture here this is the Passover lamb talking to them, right? This is the lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. The lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the earth. He is sitting there saying, man, I've longed to do this because guess what? All of what we're about to do is about me. Pfft, incredible, right? And then it says this in in verse, uh, where are we at? We're in verse 17. It says, And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. Verse 19 says, and when he had taken bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Can somebody say remembrance of me? me. Says in verse 20, and in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup, which is poured out for you, is the what? New covenant ratified in my blood. Validate it. Amen. So watch this. So as you can see, once again, grab the picture. God and man are sitting down together, eating a meal together with face-to-face intimacy. Right? And so what happens is by doing so, Jesus is revealing, guess what? The coming cancellation of the old covenant with all of its sacrifices, with all of its requirements, with all of its hoops to jump through, right? By replacing it with a ratification of the new covenant. And what he's saying, guys, is guess what? Guess what? Real peace is about to come between God and man. Amen? Because the Bible says that Jesus made peace through the cross. Amen? So listen, but before we change directions here completely, I, I just want to make a, a a brief statement, clarifying statement. Most of us know in this room that not only did the new covenant to the to, I'm sorry, the old covenant to the new covenant change, but but we also know that here by this simple act in Luke 22, Jesus also replaced uh, the Passover meal right with what is commonly referred to now as communion. Yes. Now, now, some of us in this room may be familiar or more familiar with a different terminology. Uh, you know, we may call it the, the Eucharist. We may call it Mass. We may call it uh, Holy Communion, the Lord's Table, the Lord's Supper. But, but just for common language today and clarity's sake, we're going to call it Communion, okay? We're going to follow uh, the Apostle Paul's words in that, okay? So, so I just believe this. For, for you and I to fully understand Communion, right, understand the covenant meal, Okay, and, and how it relates to our lives, then, then we need to understand. Let me just say it this way. It's imperative that we understand what Jesus really meant when he said, do this in remembrance of me. So, so I want, So I want to focus on that word today of remembrance of me, remembrance, remember. And let me give you three things. Hopefully this will get in our heart. So you understand what we're doing because, because everybody, everybody look here, please, really quick. If we're just, if we ever touch this or any form of however you want to take communion, there's many ways and, and I don't think any of them are really wrong, okay? If we just do it as a ritual, we're missing the point. Yeah. If it's just a, a religious box we check and our heart doesn't connect, if it's not spirit to spirit, we're missing the point. We might as well go home. Amen. So I'm trying to get us to connect today to what God is really saying and what he really uh, wants us to do in these moments. Amen. Amen. So listen, the first thing that he meant when he said, do this in remembrance of me is really the the most simple one. But number one, he wants us to remember the sacrifice. He wants us to remember the sacrifice So listen, when Jesus took the bread and he took the the cup of wine in his hands to use them as symbols of his body and his blood, he wanted us to remember in the traditional sense of the word that we would think back, that we would uh, recall to mind the sacrifice, right? His sufferings, his broken body, his shed blood, and ultimately his death, that he wanted us to remember the price that was paid for our salvation. Amen? Amen. So, so listen, let me kind of pause here, and I'm going to take a really sharp right turn. Everybody look here. That, that I, I, I may be wrong here, okay, but I think most of us in this room would uh, readily admit without hesitation that, that remembering that's not the easiest thing to do. Well, why do I say that? I, I say that because, simply put, we weren't there the day he was crucified, right? So it's a bit difficult to conjure up a memory when you weren't there. Are you guys with me? If you, if you ask me, you know, whatever, what it was like when my first child was born, that's pretty easy to conjure up some memories. Because I was there. Right? Front row seat. <laughs> Best view in the house. Praise the Lord Jesus. Right? So, anyways. So, having flashbacks. A little, little PTSD happening right now. <coughs> So, so listen, so, so what do we do in that moment, right? Here's what we do. We do our best, for lack of a better word, uh, to imagine what it must have been like, right? That, 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 and this is typically based off of what we can see creatively in our mind's eye as we read through the gospel, or it typically comes from some movie or some show that we've seen on TV. Am I Right. Right, so so watch this. So so is it wrong to somehow remember in that way? No, it's not. But but I want you to know today that's very limited. Right? Yes. So so listen, and here's the cool part though, and here's where God's neat is even though it's limited in many ways, uh, I think we would all readily admit, once again without hesitation, that that even in our lack of understanding, our lack of being able to remember, uh, it's still impossible for thanksgiving and, and gratefulness to not rise up in our hearts. Right? Maybe it's just me. Right. But but for me, listen, it never fails when I when I sit in the moment and I focus on the Lord and I try to remember, man, something shifts in here. And and what happens is, is not only am I thankful and grateful, but man, that gratefulness turns to worship. And, 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 you know, and I can't tell you how many times I've just cried because why? Because I know what he saved me from right because at the end of the day outside of Jesus we know ourselves better than everybody else and we know what really goes on in here and what really goes on in here and we just go wow God that you still loved me after all of that hey, amen? amen amen so listen I think it's my opinion that that the number one purpose of communion or the covenant meal is this is to simply express our worship for the one who loved us and gave himself for us amen Amen. All right. So watch this. This is interesting. The reason I bring that up is because when you start talking to Hebrews, when they talk about remember, it's not what we just talked about. So the second thing that Jesus, I believe, and even though I don't think the first one's wrong, I, I do think it's right, but, but it meant something deeper. So the second thing that Jesus wants to do when we remembered him was this, is he wanted us to reenact the event. Y'all don't miss this. He wants to reenact the event, and I don't mean that we all dress up and somebody plays Jesus and we put on drama in church. All right, it's not what I mean. But but listen to what listen what Paul said in First Corinthians chapter eleven. He said, "I have handed down to you." Is that to us? Yes. Yeah, it's the Bible. It's to us. It says, "I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord Himself." Get that? He was not. Paul was not one of the twelve disciples. So he was not sitting at the table that night, but, but he had an encounter with Jesus and Jesus gave him some instructions. All right. And here's what the Lord said, told him he, the same night in which he was handed over. He took bread and gave thanks. Then he distributed to the disciples and said, take it and eat your fill. It is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Reading a different translation here. Need to make the adjustment. Verse 25, he did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink it, do it to remember me. He said, Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, here's the key part you are retelling the story. So, watch this. How long should we do that? Notice the next thing Paul says proclaiming our Lord's death until He comes. So we are to retell the story through the covenant meal until He returns. Amen? So, so listen, this, this uh, act of communion or covenant meal wasn't meant some one-time special event, special occasion long ago, but it's something that we've continued to, what? to reenact once again until Jesus came. All right, let's take this a step further. I mentioned Hebrews. To a, to a Hebrew, the word remember meant so much more to us than it does today as Americans, okay? And, and so listen, we tend to view uh, it as a memory that we hold on to, like, like once again, like, like, like this, that I remember the first time I saw my wife. I remember the first time she walked through the door and I turned my head to see who came through the door. Ooh, she was there, <laughs> right? I, I, still, I still remember the first time she attacked me and tried to make out with me. <laughs> Fellas, I could not get that woman off of me. I'm saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost. All right, see what... L- listen, so, so listen, like we uh, remember a vacation or whatever. Y'all get the point, right? So in other words, they, they don't think about it like that. So, but, but watch this, for a Hebrew to remember meant to recreate a past event. So, so watch this, and this is so strange to us, but let's say this, okay? Let's say um, if, if we were Jewish people and somebody said, hey, can you remember your wedding? Actually, what we would do is we would try to go to the town that we got married. We would go to the chapel we got married in. We would call the pastor up that married us, and we would invite all of our friends that we could remember that came, and even new ones, and we would reenact the moment. That's what it meant to remember. Are y'all with me today? So, so listen, in essence, what they were doing is this. They were bringing, uh, bringing from the past, right? Bringing the past into a present moment by reacting it. So to them, remembering could be best understood as a bridge of time that effectively brought the past into the present, watch this, placing them in a as-if-you-were-there moment with the original event. This is key. Do not miss this. So, so watch this. Likewise, when we as believers follow their example by utilizing, like Jesus, the wafer and the juice as symbols of His broken body and shed blood, we too reenact the very night Jesus ate covenant meal with His disciples. Can I give you an extra thought here? So... Um, can I see your wedding ring? Can you get it? Thank you. Watch this. So, so example, here's my wife's wedding ring. Okay, I'm gonna talk about symbols just for a moment. So, you know, when when I when I how can I go about this? So, so listen, we as we as Americans, okay, we, we take some metal and we forge it into a circle and we slam a diamond in it and we say it's significant and it means something. Okay? And, so, and so in this sense that when I walked into the jewelry store that day with Tommy's dad and we, and we went to the jewelry store for something completely different, I am just this broke little kid in ministry, right? And I look and there's thousands of rings. And here's the thing, none of them meant a thing, <coughs> right? As I looked and I looked and I looked and, and I saw that one and it grabbed me. Okay, and I looked at the price tag and I said, Jesus, (laughs) right? (laughs) And that's when you thank God for favor because I asked the one behind the counter, how much does that one cost? And she told me, and then she goes in a Cajun voice, oh, man, you won't pay that. You won't pay that much for that. I said, really? How much would you give it to me for? She goes in the back and came back and gave me a very nice deal because I was with his dad. It's about who you know, amen? And so watch this. So, so, so that ring went from just a ring that was in, in, the, you know, in the display, right? And guess what? But when I purchased it, and then I went to Orange Beach, Alabama, and I got on my knee and I asked her if she would marry me, and she put that ring on her finger, the, the significance and the meaning of that ring changed dramatically. Why? Because now it became a symbol of my love and my commitment to her. Am I making sense to you guys? So, so watch this. So, so when, we, when we grab this today, guess what? On the end of the day, this is just old uh, wafer that tastes like a piece of cardboard. Yep. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and it's not enough juice to, to, to satisfy a man's thirst. Right. I mean, that's all it is. Right. But 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 guess what? But it's a symbol the fact that we, in essence, sanctify it and set it apart, that it means something more because it is a it's a symbol that says his commitment and his love to us. I'm making sense. So so it means something today. Amen. All right. The third thing. Watch this. The third thing Jesus meant when he said, do this in remembrance of me. Is that he wanted to, number three, he wanted us to receive by participation. This is huge because I'm telling you, this is what, when you look at the original language, language, this is what Jesus was talking about. All right? That he wanted us to receive by participation. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is so good. He said, I know I'm writing to thoughtful people. Doesn't that make you feel smart? <laughs> Appreciate it, Paul. He says, so carefully consider what I say. And then he said, for when we pray for the blessing of the communion cup. He said, isn't this our co-participation with the, I put that in there because this is what it really means in the Greek, with the presence of the blood of Jesus. He said, at the bread, and the bread we distribute isn't this bread the bread of our co-participation with the presence of the body of Christ are y'all with me today so listen in verse 16 lies the great mystery and the great miracle of communion if you haven't if you haven't woke up yet give you permission to wake up now listen the word communion means this it means to participate in to fellowship with. To be united together in partnership. Watch this. So to a Hebrew, when they would begin to remember and then reenact, they believed that God himself, by the Holy Spirit, would come once again and fellowship with them. In other words, he would come again when they cracked this open, and that once again God would sit down with them and have a covenant meal with them. Are y'all following me? Y'all should be like, wow, because that's incredible. That they would really sit in the presence of God. Look what. So what does that tell us? That we as co-participants, that we too are in the literal presence of Jesus, right? The one who is the mediator of the new covenant when we participate in covenant meal. In the covenant meal or in communion. So watch this. Therefore, by remembering in every sense of the word that Jesus talked about, when we remember his finished work on the cross, the powers that were released in the past are miraculously brought forth, right, into the present moment in our current reality with the ability to shape and change our lives. Yes. Come on. So good. Have some faith today. Amen? Because if you don't have faith in what it believes, it will do nothing for you. Amen? But if you can believe, listen, listen. Once again, by faith, what we're saying is, God, I want to sit down with you. I want to open up my life to you, and I want to come in covenant with you, and I want peace with you. And, and guess what? It's covenant brothers, in essence. Man, I want all that you have. Not from a greedy entitlement way, but just understanding the rights of covenant. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let me just say it to you another way, and we'll throw up the next slide. By this simple act of communion, we have the ability to receive in this present moment, in our current situation, all the effects, the benefits, the promises of the new covenant that Jesus has provided for us. Tommy, you can go ahead and come. Listen, uh, today I want to encourage you in this, okay? That as we remember what he's done for us, and as we begin to reenact the covenant meal or communion today, I encourage you to search your life and see, is there any area of my life that needs to be reshaped or changed by the presence and the power of God? to so ask yourself, in what areas do I need to receive His power into my life today? Y'all look here, please. It, it could be this. It could be you need salvation. Yeah. It, it could be that you need forgiveness. Who doesn't like forgiveness? Yeah. right? It could be that you're sitting here today and you need peace yeah. or that you need joy right? Or maybe you need deliverance from something, all right? Or maybe you need healing from something. What I'm trying to tell you is it is all present at this moment. Amen? Now now do yourself a favor. Don't, please don't go, well, I've done this a hundred times before. Don't do that, right? Listen, Um, how many things have I went, you know, it just didn't work when I prayed that once. Did I give up or did I keep pressing in? Amen, amen. You can go ahead and open up those loud things. I'm telling you, whoever made this, we bless them in Jesus' name today. It's always funny to me. I'll just say this: is you know, typically when you want to when you want to take communion, you, you, you want you know you want everybody to lock in and have this somber moment in essence, and. Uh, <laughs> You get ran over while you're talking. And and then, then it's like, you know, whatever, taking a football stadium crowd into a library when people start opening these things. Anyways. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Y'all ready? If you can, just close your eyes really quick, please. I just want to pray for you. To, to clarify something, please. Please to clarify something. When we begin to remember and ask the Lord to help us remember, it's not to bring conviction and guilt and condemnation in our lives. It should be to bring gratefulness in our hearts. Amen? That we're thankful for what He's done for us. So so even let's just let's just do this for a moment, and then I want to read something and then we'll partake. <clears throat> Father, in this moment, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just just center our heart and our attention and our focus on you. And Lord, just collectively today as a church family, Father, we say thank you. Thank you that you were willing to go to the cross for us. Thank you that you were willing to shed your blood, God, so that we too might be declared righteous before you. So Lord, today we truly thank you for forgiveness. And Lord, today as we follow your word in a reenactment of sorts of once again of what you did with the disciples that night, Lord, we just believe in Jesus' name, God, that every uh, resource of heaven today is made available to us. So God, we remember in the sense of our memory. We remember today in the sense of reenactment. But Lord, we also remember today by receiving as participants of communion. Jesus, we thank you for coming and just sitting in this place with us. Thank you for your presence here today. God, I'm asking that you would just go in every person's heart and every person's mind. And God, would you help us all today, including myself, see where we need to apply the covenant meal to our lives. God, it may be for our kids, it may be for our husband, maybe it's for our wife, or maybe it's for us. Lord, would you just show us today where we need to respond in faith. Just with your eyes closed I actually want to read you something that I read just because I think it's brilliant so you can kind of maybe grab maybe a little bit of heart of what we're doing here's what I read it says in Scotland some centuries ago believers were bitterly persecuted by the English it says the believers the Scottish believers would meet in the mountains of the Scottish Highlands and there have their secret meetings which included communion the covenant meal it says many times these secret gatherings would take place in the night or in the early dawn hours on one occasion when they were meeting for the covenant meal the english redcoats had heard that a meeting was to take place but they did not know where so they watched for anyone moving in the pre-dawn darkness to arrest and torture to find out the names of the believers and the place where they met Then it goes on to say a young teenage girl was slipping through the mist on her way to the communion service when the soldiers surrounded her. (coughs) Demanding she tell them where she was going, watch this, being well-educated in the new covenant and what she was about to do. Get this, they, they got a hold of her and they're all in her face in essence, trying to get her to rat out other Christians. Here's what she answered. She said, my elder brother has died. And I'm going to hear the reading of the will and claim my share in the inheritance. My elder brother has died, that's Jesus, and I'm going to hear the reading of the will, that's the new covenant, right, and claim my share in the inheritance. And it says that the ignorant soldiers had no idea that she was referring to the communion service, so they patted her on the head, gave her a quarter, and sent her on her way. Man, that's absolutely brilliant. So I read that only today to just simply say this. Man, let's go because our elder brother has died. Man, for seven weeks now, we've heard the reading of the will. Today is a great day to claim our share of the inheritance. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you today. God, by faith, that everything that has been made available through, through the will today, God, we claim it in Jesus' name. God, today we, we believe and claim f- faith. We claim and believe joy. God, we, we just claim life today. We claim hope today. God, we claim acceptance today. God, we claim salvation today. God, we claim healing today. We claim provision today because your word says it. Father, I thank you that you said in your word in Revelations 3.20, God, that you said, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. You said if anyone would open the door, you would come in and eat a covenant meal with him. And so, Lord, today we open up our hearts wide. And, Lord, we thank you that you're still the God that forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may take the bread first and drink the juice. You can stand to your feet when you're done. Amen. Amen. Can we just say Father, thank you? Come on, let's say Father, thank you. Thank you for being so good to us. Yes, Lord, we love you. So, Father, I pray today. God, just once again, just as as we've opened up our hearts and uh just opened up our mouth and prayed, Lord, we believe today that stuff is reshaping and changing in our hearts, in our lives, because you're a covenant God. Lord, we thank you today, God, as we close this series, and not only you covenant making God, not only you a covenant keeping God, but your covenant enabling God. That you enable us and empower us to walk in the covenant. So Lord, I pray, God, just as pastor and shepherd today, Lord, that everything that we've said over the last seven weeks, God would go down, God, beyond our mind. It would get in our heart and get in our spirit. And Lord, that we would actually live a covenant lifestyle with you. Lord, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.